0: that's Chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW group void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges... That's true, Kevin Still and congratulations. You're a winner.
0: GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a
1: great answer.
0: Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit.
2: With subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny.
0: Hi, my name is Adam Grigsby, and welcome to another episode of Fire Talk Radio. I'm here with Deborah Lacewell, and tonight, once again, we have Fr- Dr. Frank Summerall on the show. Uh, Frank Simrel has been a frequent guest on our show, and we're excited to have him. As uh, it turns out, he's becoming like almost a partner with our show. We're very excited to have him here with us all the time as, and ministering to us with his amazing amount of ministry experience. Uh, Deborah, ahead and greet the guests?
2: Hello, everyone. I'm glad you're here tonight, and or whatever time zone you're listening from. I understand we have people listening from the Philippines and South Africa, as well as the United States, so we're excited about that. And welcome, whatever time zone you're in. And Dr. Frank, we're always excited to have you here. And uh, so with no further ado, I'm going to answer your phone call. Uh, Brother Frank, hold on. Hello, welcome, Brother Frank. You're here tonight, live on the air. We're glad to have you here.
1: Well, we're glad to be with you again. Adam and Deborah, we're glad to focus in on what we're saying, and radio reaches the world. So you're saying somebody from the Philippines, or say saying, Mabuhay. <laughs>
0: wow!
2: And so
1: if you say something in another nation or wherever you're from, Like uh, you talk to some Japanese and you say, uh, konnichiwa. And uh, in other languages around the world, you can greet one another and hello and whatever. So as we have this focus and the attention of mankind reaching out through the medium of radio, that's exciting. Because there's some places actually that don't have the privilege of having television. And so, even though we have what we have now is radio, I've been a radio person for many, many, many years. And so, uh, radio is, is second nature to me. I was a radio disc jockey for my station up there in Indiana. We did that for several years, but had other radio experiences. And so, therefore, radio and, and I are close together. So, we get right down to what we're going to talk about tonight. Would you like that? Yes, very much
2: so. We're really okay. excited and hungry. Well,
1: we're glad to hear from you.
2: Take your liberty in the
1: Holy Ghost. The amen. It's <laughs> wonderful to hear Richard Moore speak about El Shaddai. Now, that's one we're not going to touch on. We're touching on the redemptive names of Jehovah. One of those redemptive names of El Shaddai, which you need to get the tape from the river. That's what... Richard's book on Richard Moore But I'm speaking on the Redemptive names of Jehovah In the direction of I, I will give you a few names Jehovah Shira, Jehovah Rapha We'll deal with that uh, Jehovah Nisi we'll Try to do as many as we can So according to the time allotment We'll try to get as close as we can To finishing what we have Maybe not, maybe halfway But anyway there's a lot of ground To cover I, I'd like to offer a prayer right now. So, Father God, we thank you for privilege of reaching out and touching people around the world with the gospel. The gospel is the good news. We thank you that their ears and hearts are open. We thank you that you're touching their lives, you're touching their hearts, you're touching their physical bodies. And any need they specifically have that you will answer that need. We thank you for this privilege in the wonderful, holy, precious name of Jesus, the Son of the living God. Amen, amen, and amen. In the redemptive names of Jehovah, uh, one thing about a name is so important because it gives declaration. It tells us what it's about. And so in order to receive the names of Jehovah, you got to understand the power of the name. First, let's look at uh, Exodus chapter three in verse 14 this is the story of Moses Moses goes to the desert he sees a burning bush and God uses that to get the attention because in the desert at temperatures 130 degrees and 150 degrees there are many burning bushes but this bush was set aside to get the attention of Moses by not being consumed and Moses said I'm going to turn aside And we'll see this wonderful thing So he did watch And when that happened Then God got his attention And then he gave the ministry to him Having to do with the fact You're going to go down to Egypt You're going to set the people free You're going to do this You're going to do that And then Moses asked the question He said now what shall I say And what is your name And verse 14 Of chapter 3 of Exodus says these words, What shall I call you when I come before Pharaoh? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He said, Thus shalt I say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. (laughs) It couldn't be more powerful than that. I am. I am that I am. Not that I will be, or someday, or sometime. That means that God is in. Whatever problem, whatever need, whatever difficulty, whatever situation you're in, God's there now, because we serve an hour God. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for two weeks. Don't wait for a month. Don't wait for a year. Let's get it done now. Let's see our bodies heal now. Let the blessing of heaven come now. Let the glory of God come now. So we don't prescribe and tell God the timing. But we do believe our faith rises to the level of expectancy and when that happens, that's when it takes place. So, as Moses, as he faced Pharaoh, this is what I love so much, is when he faced Pharaoh, I believe what happened there is, now, as we know that as he was facing Pharaoh, there was a family relationship there. Because Pharaoh's daughter was the one that retrieved Moses from the water. That's what his name means. He was called out of the water. He was brought out of the water. And so he grew up. So Moses, growing up, knew the Egyptian culture, the Egyptian language, and the Egyptian gods. In those Egyptian gods... We have the God of blood, the God of frogs, the God of lice, the God of flies, the God of rain, the God of boils, and darkness, hail, locusts, and the firstborn of animals and people. Those were the gods of the Egyptians. And so the very plagues that came upon the Egyptians were not against the people per se. It was against the gods of the Egyptians. You have to understand that. And as he faced Pharaoh, Moses facing Pharaoh, I believe with all my heart that what Pharaoh saw and what he knew is as he looked into the eyes of Moses, he saw the fire of the bush, and this is what I say about that fire, a fire that God puts in us is called impartation. When we get close to God, the fire of the Holy Spirit will get to such an extent that impartation, everywhere we go, impartation will take place, that they will feel the fire, they will know the fire, and they will see the fire. And so as Pharaoh was looking at Moses, I believe he saw the fire in his eyes which came from the bush. So he saw the very action of God at that point in time. Yet it took him a little while to understand all the plagues, the ten plagues. And then he let the people go and he changed his mind and all these other things. Now, that's the basis of understanding we have names so how important the names are. So the names of God that we're going to deal with in particular really reveal the character of our God. Uh, the first one we'll deal with is found in Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. Genesis twenty-two fourteen and uh, as we look at that right now get your bible mark it up this is in the 22nd chapter and in verse 14 which is so amazing because what it deals with in specifics is showing the character of God this is speaking about it here in the 22nd chapter and God says "It came to pass after these things that God did test. Did you see that? He tested Abraham. And he said, I'm here.
0: Hey, everybody. Okay, unfortunately, uh, we're having some technical issues. Uh, Frank got dropped. Uh, We're going to have him right back on the air. Um, In the meantime, as I said before, uh, Frank has been talking about the redemptive names of God. Um, I'm messaging him as we speak uh, regarding the situation.
2: Right, we're very excited to have him and and you know Adam, I was thinking how uh they said uh Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, uh he he got over word that in these last days ministries will be working together to uh and you won't know where one begins and when one ends and I feel like that's what we're doing with with um Pastor Frank with Brother Frank. Agreed. And um so I'm excited to have him and uh, we we just uh, we we understand that we're just privileged and honored, and I, I want to give you um, <clears throat> some uh, a fire fire talk radio's email is fire talk radio and the number two at yahoo dot com, and so it's f i r e t a l k r a d i o the number 2, at yahoo.com. And also, if you need prayer, just go to 1-866-857-4837. And a good place is the River at Tampa Bay Church. That's where we go to church, and it's 3738 River International Drive. And they're going to have their services on Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and also at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and then on Wednesday at 7 p.m. And we're also having eight days away from now, we're going to be having an awesome event that's going to be happening in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's uh, I'm going to play a commercial for you. It's 30 seconds. And so it, it tells you a little bit about what's going on. Just hold for the commercial.
1: My name, My name is Rodney Brown, Rodney and I'm, I'm inviting you to come to Celebrate America, held at the Daughters of the American Revolution Constitution Hall for the first three weeks in July. Celebrate America is going to be a spiritual invasion of a Jesus kind. Your nation is counting on you. The only hope for America is another great spiritual awakening. Celebrate America is July the 1st through the 19th, nightly meeting at 7 p.m., and then mass evangelism in the mornings on the streets. Enlist today for free at CelebrateAmericaDC.com. CelebrateAmericaDC.com.
2: Yes, we're really, really, really excited about that. If you're anywhere in the D C area, uh, try and get there, or if you're anywhere in the world or in the in the even in different parts of the state and you wanna go help with that, we're gonna have on fire meetings at night, Holy Ghost meetings at night and, and power evangelism in the morning at ten AM and that's July first through the nineteenth. And so we're excited. Really excited about that, and we're looking forward to that so if you get if you get a chance to go over there that would be awesome and also just wanted to tell you about the um uh our facebook page which is w is dot facebook dot com and then it's uh, forward slash fire talk radio, and then the number two. So that's F I R E T A L K R A D I O, and then the number two. And so we're uh, you can check out our Facebook anytime. And also, if you'd like to follow us, we'd love to have followers on our blog talk show uh the more the merrier and uh if we get it to hundred call I mean hundred followers then we can actually we can actually try and, and get on iHeart Radio. So right now as of now we're on iTunes we're on Jesus Radio Network and we're on Roku Roku network. Uh we're also on uh Stitcher and we're on um SoundCloud. And there's another one I'm trying to remember that we're on. And we're also applying for some other ones
0: as well. So So we're expanding our territory. I just spoke with Frank and uh he'll be on just in a moment. Um I messaged him, gave him a call, so he's he'll be on in just a moment. He's trying to call in as we speak. So thank you for everyone's patience. Um so as Frank's talking about the redemptive names of God and the peace of God. It's our prayer that in tonight's episode that everyone will come into a new revelation of uh, God's character in this area. Um I think we can all use a little more peace in our lives, amen. And uh
2: That is certainly true. I know that as as I was speaking with uh the Holy Spirit praying about what he wanted me to share about, he did ask me to look up some some scriptures on peace. And it's very important to 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 know that that uh you know, people get to know his character by these names. So one of the things Pastor Frank was talking about was one of the reasons he wanted to share the names was so that he you know, people could gather a greater understanding of God. And I know in Philippians four seven it says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus and
1: with no further ado
2: Pastor Freak okay, your Here Michael. we go,
1: here we go. We're we'll gonna try for number two. I remember <laughs> one time we did this three or four times. I don't know why we that was get last to separation or whatever. But anyway, we're having a good time and when Amen. I bothered by it, that seems to the uh something about technology. You can really love it or you don't like it, so technology is, is, is very temperamental. And yeah. so because of the the very range of technology that we have to put up with certain things. <laughs> I'm dealing with the redemptive names of Jehovah. We're reading on the first one in Genesis chapter 22. You find that having to do with the fact it's called Jehovah Jireh. talks about the fact of Abraham taking his son, taking him to Mount Moriah, offer him as a sacrifice, and then from there, the boy realized. He said, "Wait a minute, here. We got the wood. We got the fire. Where is the sacrifice?" And Abraham said, "God will provide Himself a lamb." And so he goes up and climbs out Mount Moriah. At the top, sets his son on the altar, ties him down, ready to take a knife and plunge it through his heart. And he hears the voice, "Abraham, Abraham, don't do this." And so he didn't. The angel of the Lord called to him, and He released his son, he looked around, and there was a ram that was caught in the thicket. Now, what you might not know about this particular place, Moriah, it's a chain of mountains. And I believe what happened here is redemption was identified. Because from where Mount Moriah is located, next door to Moriah is Calvary. So here's what God was saying to Abraham. He said, Abraham, you look over there at that mountain, Mount Calvary. And you see, there's going to be three men up there. And one of those men on the cross, the middle man, is my son. He's going to die for the sins of the whole world. He said, you take your son home, my son will die for the nations, for everyone that ever lives from that time on. And so when we see that, put a picture that God at his son right there at that time, and as Jesus. No wonder he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Because Father God could not look at sin. And notice what he said after that point in time. He didn't call him Father in the fourth statement on the cross. He called him God. That's how he met him, because all the sins of the world were placed upon him at that point in time. And what happened at that time There was a separation between the Father and the Son, which never will happen again, which only happened during Calvary. That is amazing, amazing love. Amazing love. How can it be that my king would die for me? What a wonderful song and what a wonderful truth. And so when Abraham saw that, that's why Jesus said, notice this in the New Testament, he said, Abraham saw my day, And was glad. What day was that? That was the day when Isaac was not sacrificed on Moriah. But God gave Abraham a picture of what would happen down through the telescope of time on Calvary. What a word, what a word. He said, Jehovah Jireh. So Jehovah Jireh means, I am your provision. Not will be or someday. I am your provision. Now turn with me to a blessing chapter. This is in the 28th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. And what I've said before in the area of Deuteronomy, it's the second law. Because they messed up the first law. God said, okay, I'm going to give it to you again. Round the block. Here we go. And so he gave them the second law. And in Deuteronomy 28, we have the first 14 verses. I'm not going to read them because it has to deal with so many things in that one chapter. Talking about the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. But from that point, what you see is from verse 15 to verse 68 are the curses. But the first 14 verses are the verses of blessing. And so we can say Jehovah-Jireh, talking about the blessing, the blessing that we can and will receive. This is what it says here. You Read it. It says you're going to be blessed. Uh, the first part here of the 28th chapter, in the book of Deuteronomy. It shall come to pass if you will hearken or listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, who is there to do all of his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. The fruit of your body, the fruit of your kind, the flocks, blessed shall be the basket in your store. You'll be blessed coming in, you'll be blessed going out. All your enemies that come against you, one way will flee seven different ways. Verse 7. Verse 8 The Lord shall command blessing upon your storehouses, all that you set your hand to do. He will establish a holy people unto himself. You'll be plenty of some goods. Then he will give you good treasure. Talks about the blessing shall be in your house. How amazing, how wonderful, how blessed. You be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. You gotta listen. So all the way down to verse fourteen, thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I commend you this day, to the right hand, to the left or to go after other gods to serve them. Now, verse 15 down to verse 68 are the curses. So we're dealing with Jehovah Jireh. meaning means your provision. I am your provision. So basically, we see Jehovah Jireh, he provides for us. Deuteronomy 28 is the blessing, chapter 14, verses. Then turn to Psalm 112. Psalm 112. In this beautiful psalm, it deals, David speaking, and he talks to us in such a way, talking about the blessing that shall come on us in such a manner, such a way that we as God's children, we ought to just see how good our God is, how great he is, how wonderful he is, how he wants to bless his children. In Psalm 112, this is what it says. It said, Praise you, the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears, fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. And the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Under the upright there arises light and darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion, and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. and The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil, tithing, his heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord, his heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees the desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed, he has given to the poor. His righteousness is just forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see, if he grieves, shall the gnash with his teeth melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. In those ten verses, the first few verses they are talking about the blessing. Talking about what God wants to do. Notice this in verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. How many agree that it's better to be in your house than out of your house? I'm telling you. It's better to be in your house than out of your house. And then, of course, we know this one right here. Matthew six thirty-three: and Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things I must prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Did you hear that? Beloved, that means he's talking to the church. Beloved, I wish above all things that first you may prosper and be in health. That's healing. How? As your soul prospers. So as our soul prospers, then all this belongs to us. Third John 2, talking about the blessing of the Lord. I'm telling you what, we can stay there a long, long time because that there's a multiplicity of scriptures having to do with the blessing of the Lord and how he wants to bless his children. And I I trust you're receiving that right now. That if you're having difficulty in regard to finances or anything like that, our God. He's got your number. He knows where to live. He knows how much hair you have, and how much hair you don't have. He knows exactly your information is his God. But he the Bible says he loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us. Then in Malachi chapter 3, it says, Bring all the tithes in the storehouse that we may be blessed by doing exactly what it says. Read what it says there. He said that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Oh, one place at one time the blessing of the Lord came so strong upon the children of Israel that they actually told them, Don't bring any more money. Don't bring any more gold. Don't bring any more silver. Just stop. Please stop. We've got too much. Now do you know any church been doing that lately? Huh? Do you know any church been doing that lately? Do <laughs> you have an I even a clue? I guarantee you we don't. But they had tapped in to the blessings of the Lord in such a wonderful way that finally the preachers had to say, Don't bring any more money, don't bring any more gold, don't bring any more silver, don't bring bring any more raiment or clothing and don't bring any more precious stones and beautiful jewels. Well, that hasn't happened yet. We're in the new covenant. We haven't got to some point in that time. So Jehovah-Jireh means I am your provision. The next one that we'll deal with is found in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26. Because as we look at these redemptive names of Jehovah, this is what Jehovah's all about. He is the mighty king. He is the master of everything. He heals our body. He saves our soul. He causes deliverance to come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. He causes the blessings of heaven to come on us and overtake us. Oh, that's a blessing of the Lord. This has to do with healing. So you're wanting to know what this is about? This is about Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer. It in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, and again, specifically it deals with obedience and uh, having to do with the fact that God was speaking to the Israelites, speaking directly to their heart, and this is what he said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do what is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all of these statutes. Verse That same verse, second part of the verse. I will put or allow none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Here we go. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Again, in the Hebrew, this is Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer. Now, you must remember that the Old Testament healing came by obedience. Remember Naaman. You'll find this in Kings, where it talks about Naaman the leopard. came out of the country. He was a general. And as he proceeded, a little maid girl had told Mrs. Naaman that her husband could be healed. And the information gathered from her was such a powerful one that Naaman came down to, to receive a healing. He was part of Syria. He came from Syria. He was a captain of Syria. You find this in the second book of Kings, or Second Kings, chapter five, specifically what this dealing with right here. I'm talking about it having to do with the facts. And said he was a mighty man. But the last part was four words. But he was a leper. Five words. He was a leper. And uh, so he thought that bringing information from the king of Syria to the prophet of God would give him a heads up on everybody, and all he'd have to do is waltz down there and get healed and go back home. But it wasn't to be that way because God knew the heart of Naaman. He was a very proud man. And so the prophet of God did not even come out to meet Naaman. He sent his servant. And the servant said, This is what the prophet says dip seven times in the river Jordan, you will be healed. That got Naaman so angry that he got back in his Lord, started going back home. And only the servant said, Wait, if he asks you to do a hard thing, when you do that, and they all agreed to that. He said, Well, let's go back. So they turned the chariots around and came back. And so Naaman dipped seven times in muddy Jordan. And I'm sure he went down and looked at his skin every time he came up. It's not working. It's not working. And they told him continually, you've got to go down seven times. The man of God said seven times. And on the seventh time, when Naaman came up out of the water, his flesh became like a little child, which meant that he was healed of his disease. So in the Old Testament, every time you find healing incorporation, it had to do with the fact of obedience, obedience. Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53. When that was written, they didn't even understand what they were writing. It does say in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2, it said the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. It will mention that. So Jesus and his disciples perform miracles. The Great Commission says what you need to do is lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Another thing, dude, we have seen healing so many places all over the world. And most times that we have seen healings in different nations several years back in Indonesia when I started just teaching about how good Jesus was and what Jesus did, I brought some Bible stories before them in simplicity. And when those Bible stories were given through an interpreter from my mouth in English, healing started taking place all across the building. One man said, I had this problem. I had arthritis or I had a knee problem and started, you know, listing all the different kinds of sickness he had. Then finally one woman that really touched my heart, she said, I came to this meeting because I am a Muslim but I need a healing from this bleeding ulcer I've had for many, many years. And I said that this man was speaking about a God that I did not know. And when I talked to that God, I said, if you're really there, if you're the one they say you are, I need my body to be healed of the bleeding ulcers. When she said that, the power of God touched her. And she went and checked herself out, found out that ulcers had stopped bleeding. And healing was already incorporated inside her body. She gave her heart to the Lord. That night's service, she brought all her family. They all got born again. So healing is one of the major blessings that God wants to bring to mankind. Remember, healing came through the curse not by the blessing. And so we can receive and believe and thank God for the healing. And some of you out there don't know my testimony. I'll give it briefly. From the age of one to the age of 10, I had an impediment of speech. They call it stuttering. I wasn't even able to say my own name without repeating myself several times got into many fights because they were mocking me as, as I was trying to say something. And about when I was 10 years old, Oral Roberts came to our city. He had a great meeting. Dad was host of the meeting. No, actually it was an Elkhart, that's what it was. It was an Elkhart, Elkhart Gymnasium. I remember it like it was yesterday so everyone had a card, and he wrote down what their condition was, a problem. And he would read them and then pray for them. That's generally the way he would do it. He'd bring them up on a ramp. They'd stand before him. He'd pray for them, and then they would leave the ramp healed. And so my condition was stuttering. So he looked at that for a while. He said, what's the problem, son? A very gentle man, wonderful man of God. And I just pointed to the card. Because I didn't want to be made a fool of, I had never spoken before in hardly any crowd. I saw that there were thousands of people in front of me, and so, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was huge. And so, uh, <clears throat> finally, he looked at you. Oh, oh, I see your problem. Then he prayed a lovely prayer. He said, "Father, in the name of Jesus, heal this young boy's tongue. Loose him and set him free." But when that happened, something in the back of my throat clicked. I don't know exactly what it was. He said, Now you do what I do. So I I watched him there for a moment. He said, count to 10 as fast as I can. So he proceeded to count to 10. He said, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He said, you do it. I shook my head. I'm not going to be a fool for anybody. I didn't know I was totally healed at the time. So he he had great big hands. His huge hands were pushing me down to the floor. I felt felt he was going to push me through the floor. The second time, I still shook my head. The third time, I said, I better do this, do or die. And I closed my eyes, moved my neck around a little bit, got myself braced. And I began to say, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Realizing at that point in time, I was totally healed by God's power. Oh, hallelujah. Now, that's a short version. (laughs) Because there's a longer one involved in that. But anyway, having to do with the fact of healing. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same when, yesterday, today, and forever. James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, teaches us that it's the prayer of faith that will heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. So when we pray that prayer, we believe that healing by the atonement would touch you, heal you, and set you free by his power and by his glory. All the way through the word of God, we can look at so many times that what Jesus saw, Jesus saw, and Jesus, when he touched them, when he spoke to them, everything he did is what he saw his father do. That's one of the amazing things that we have in Scripture Jesus said it so many times. He said, I only do my, what I see my father do. And so the miracles that Jesus did in those days, because he saw his father doing them, and then he duplicated what the father did. So we find after Jesus comes, and this is in, <clears throat> he comes through the, the wilderness experience tempted by the enemy. And the Bible says, after coming through that with great victory, he returned with the power of the spirit. Now that's what it starts at right there. So power of the spirit of the living God. So we find just after that, miracles taking place with great abundance and how the power of, and the glory of the Lord was demonstrated with great respect. And many, many was healed. This is in the 8th chapter of the book of Matthew. When he came down from the mountain, multitudes followed him. There came a man to him, worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, folks, I've got something to say about that. There are some people who said, if it be thy will. The only time that's mentioned is this one scripture here, if it be thy will. He said, if you're willing, you can do it. And Jesus said, the next verse, verse 3, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, don't tell any man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. My, 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 my. Next verse, it said, When Jesus was entering into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy. That's a disease that you shake. And grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal them. Now, realize that Jesus was speaking to a Roman. And a Roman, if he came into a Jewish house, actually, that was causing a corruption in the house. They wouldn't let hardly anybody. They would not let Gentiles in their house. So what he was doing here, Jesus provided such a miraculous healing. And what did he say? The centurion said, no, 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 you don't need to do that. I'm not worthy. But all you have to do is speak the word. And my servant Shall be healed Verse 8 And this is what the centurion said He said I'm a man under authority Under whom the authority of Rome I have soldiers under me saying To this man go when he goeth This one go when he cometh To another he cometh And to my servant do this And he doeth it And when Jesus heard it He marveled and said unto them That followed, who was he talking to His disciples. He said I say to you I have not found So great faith No, not in Israel. My, 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 my. So about every chapter in Matthew in different places we find how Jesus touched people, how he healed people. Now, one of the teachings we might give a little later on, not tonight, but there was many ways that Jesus healed the people. And I will discuss that a little bit later on. But what he did, how he did it. This was done that it would be fulfilled by fulfilled, according to the prophet Isaiah. We find this in verse 16 chapter 8, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So in everything that Jesus did, the example with his father, his father. And so everyone that we see, he, then he sent out his disciples, telling them what they should do. Telling them, excuse me, to teach, to preach in the cities. Verse. This is chapter 11. and uh, And now here's an interesting thing having to do with the fact that you can be so close to God. You can have a relationship to God, with God. And the enemy can come deception and cause some problems in your life. Now, John, we find this in the 11th chapter of the book of Matthew. It said, John heard in the prison the works of Christ. And he sent his two disciples, said, are you the one that should come, or do we look for another? How in the world? This man was the one that baptized Jesus. Imagine that. He was the one that baptized Jesus. And yet he had a doubt, he had a fear, and he got to the point to where he almost lost his faith. He said, do we look for another? Are we looking for another Messiah? Are we looking for a certain other person? And Jesus told him, says, you go back to John, you tell him, verse 4, which you do see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, deaf hear, the dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who not shall be offended in me. And they, <clears throat> then Jesus gave John quite an accolade. you find that a little bit later on. How the testimony of John the Baptist, how great and how wonderful and how blessed. But I want to show you one thing here. Look at verse 12. In 12 he says, The days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. As by the power of the Spirit, but God allows us to see these things happen in such a measure. I've seen all kinds of miracles: miracles from cancer, miracle from age, miracle from—you can name it. I, I've seen every kind of miracle you possibly imagine, and god is healing today. God is setting people free today. His son is still testifying today. And we as his children are receiving the bread of heaven. Because healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. So I'm saying that right now by the power of the Spirit. If you're sick, if you have a problem, put your hand where the pain is. It has to go. It can't stay. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke every pain. We rebuke every, every sickness. We rebuke. Any attack of the enemy upon these bodies. Authorite is your name. You must bow to the name of Jesus. Take authority over you by the mighty name of Jesus. If you've got arthritis, start moving around. R- move right now. Move, 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 because I feel the healing touch coming on you right now. I feel his power. I feel his glory. I feel his majesty moving in and causing healing to come. Migrate headaches go in Jesus' name. The power of God is getting stronger right now. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. Don't 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 say tomorrow and don't say the next week. No no no. Take it right now. Take it right now. Now faith is. Hallelujah. By believing, start receiving. Start accepting. Start thanking God because He wants to bless you in ways <laughs> I'm telling you what Uh, unprecedented ways he wants to touch you tonight by the power of the spirit what we're looking at here go back to this is jehovah Rapha. i am the lord your healer we talked about different things isaiah 53 write that one down malachi chapter 4 verse 2 the son of righteousness will rise with healing his wings and jesus and his disciples perform miracles the great commission says that lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 5, it says, The prayer of faith shall heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're seeing the moving of God in such a marvelous way. Pain has to go. Sickness has to go. Headaches have to go. Anything that doesn't bring the Lord glory in the direction of your body Commanded to leave in Jesus' name Oh, we thank you, Lord We give you praise We give you glory We give you honor You said, well, Brother Frank, why'd you stop there for a while? Because it was a move of the Spirit I felt a wind of heaven come The wind of heaven is here The blessing of the Lord is here The glory of the Lord is here Oh, we give him all praise and all glory and all honor We give him thanks and praise and praise We worship him and praise him and adore him, love him, serve him. Right now, wherever you are, just raise your hands and receive it. Raising your hands in the air. See, there's been a misconception there that a lot of people believe that it's cowboy mentality, that the reason you raise your hands is because the gun is in the middle of your back. That would be the mentality most people. That raising your hand, say, hey, reach for the sky. Well, okay, those that have seen uh, movies with cowboys, that's what they do, reach for the sky. And the gun is placed in the middle of their back. But what I'm thinking about right now, as a little child, maybe three, maybe four, maybe even five years old, when daddy comes home from work, what happens? The little boy, little girl starts running towards daddy's arm. And they run in as fast and as hard as they can, and they jump up, and Father grabs them and holds them. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's my conception of the Father. Our hands are raised to give him praise and to give him glory and to give him honor and to worship and adore him and to love him stronger today than you did yesterday, to love him greater now than you've ever loved him before. Praise him with all your heart. (laughs) Hallelujah. That you will be blessed, body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. There are several things in that area of healing that we can bring to your attention. And so we won't do it tonight, but Jesus worked with people and dealt with people several ways. He didn't always use just a certain way to heal people. He never did that. One of the things that we see, the diversity that was used in the direction of healing, but yet it accomplished the will of the Father. The will of the Father was completed at that point and at that time. And what's so amazing about that is we have people today says it have got to be done a certain way. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. We've got to do that. They're kind of driven as to which way they're going to, Operate and to move in a certain way. And so, uh, this is chapter 2 of Mark. Again, he entered into Capernaum. And after some days, it was noised abroad that he was there in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as even about the door. And he preached the word to them. And they come to him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. That means they carried this man. Four men carried him. And they carried the man. Notice it said it was full. The house was full. Well, what were they going to do? And when they could not come near to him for the press, they uncovered the roof. I don't think they even knew who they were talking to. Maybe it might have been a family member. Maybe not. But they ripped up the man's roof to see this man healed. Uncovered the roof. I tell you, they chopped it up, moved it aside, and notice what Jesus said. Jesus said when he saw their faith, what did he see? He saw the roof was open. He saw the man they brought down through the ropes, down to the middle of the crowd and we could see this man descending a little bit at a time them holding the ropes and when Jesus saw their faith that's when that man was healed and so he said to themselves and so in their hearts they were saying which one sinned and which didn't sin <clears throat> and so they reasoned with inside themselves verse 8 and then Jesus said, Is the easier to say to the sick and the palsy, Your sins be forgiven, or to say, Arise, pick up your bed, and walk? But you may know that the Son of Man hath power on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick and the palsy, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go your way into thy house. And immediately he arose, picked up his bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Well, that's all right. We're seeing things today that we haven't seen before. But as I have said many times, that God is going to visit the United States with such a power, such a glory, such a movie of spirit. It might even be in denominational churches. That could even happen. If we start believing and start receiving, we shall see the glory of the Lord. In all these areas, he's talking about it. So, if you've just tuned in, we've been talking about the redemptive things of Jehovah. First name is Jehovah Rapha. Has to do now, uh, Jireh, first Jireh. That means, I am your provision. The next one is Jehovah Rapha. I am your Lord, your healer. That's basically what we were dealing with at that point and at that time. The third one is found, which is so good, so wonderful, so blessed. This found in Exodus chapter 17. Exodus, the 17th chapter, and this deals with a mighty, mighty word having to do with truth personified and giving us information to we as God's people We're to live in great victory. Now, in the 17th chapter of the book of Exodus, we find this wonderful word, and this word is called Jehovah Nissi, which means, I am the Lord, your banner. It's so great. What are we talking about? We're talking about the very flags, the banners. What does the banner say? (laughs) we've got to stop there for a while and speak about it this is what it says in the 17th chapter of the book of Exodus all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim there was no water for the people to drink so the people chided with Moses and they said give us a drink the people thirsted they were hungry for water Finally, Moses cried, down to verse 4, What shall I do with this people? They're ready to stone me. And so, he said, take your rod. Take your rod, verse 5. And uh, smoke the river. And he did that. He said, I'll stand on the rock. You smite the rock. Water will come forth. And so, Moses did that. And after that took place, well, what we're dealing with here is Jehovah and this is a little bit later on here. It has to do with the fact that there were armies that came against Israel. Amalek fought with Israel in Rephidim. Moses said unto Joshua, choose out men. Go and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and her, went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Now, that ought to teach you something right there. It ought to teach us that we, as God's people, need to lift up our preachers. We need to lift up ministry. We need to lift up evangelists. We need to lift up teachers. We need to lift up the prophetic We need to lift up all bodies of the members of Christ because when we pray, we can hold their hands up and victory shall and will be obtained. Now, watch this. This It's so good. So while this was going on, verse 12, But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up the hands, one on one side and one on the other side, and the hands that were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua, he discomfited Amalek with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out a remembrance of Amalek from under the heaven. Moses built an altar And the name of the altar He called it Jehovah Nisi That's what it says in Hebrews In the Hebrew tongue What did that mean Jehovah Nisi I am the Lord Your banner So exclusively this talks about Victory Aaron and Hur As they hold up the hands of Moses Hands Victory comes Blessing comes Anointing comes Now, the problem with the churches is that they relegate themselves to mediocrity by refusing to unify and walk in love. The battle could not be won until Aaron and Hur had lifted up his hands. Israel prevailed against the Midianites. We find the key word here in Psalm 133. Turn with me to Psalm 133. Basically what this deals with, This is how victory is obtained in the body of Christ. We find this in such a beautiful, wonderful manner. It gives us much assurance. 133, and this is what it says. Because many times as we look at this, we don't quite understand what it's speaking about. It's speaking about the very connection that heaven has with earth. And he uses his people to be that connection. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Uh, this is in Psalm 133. Now begin reading. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now notice what it said here. It is like precious ointment upon the head that ran down on the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garments. What does that mean? That means from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, that the blessing of the Lord, the power of God, the oil of God is coming on these people. It has to do with Hermon. As it do would descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there, put a circle around there. That has to do with the fact that that's talking about location, 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 location. There, the Lord commanded. He did not suggest. He commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Every time you find a great move the spirit of the living God, you find the word unity involved. Unity has to be the key word, involvement there. So Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banners. Well, what are our banners? I'm glad you asked that question. Because what this is dealing with, <laughs> the banners declare who we are. We are people of salvation. We are people of healing. We are people of the Holy Ghost. We are the blessed. We are the anointed. We are the radical. We are the passionate. We are the determined. We are the focused. We are the children of the Most High God. Woo. That's just a little bit there. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. I'll tell you what, it's getting better all the time. Hallelujah. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are. So we need to take that and run with it. But what I wanted to show you, every time until the blessing of the Lord has come to the people, they had to come into a relationship. They had to come together. Oh, they had to put aside their differences. That's what the church has to do today. They have to put aside their differences and love one another in the body of Christ. We can't talk against one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to bless one another. We need to lift up one another. We need to be just like Aaron and Ur, how they were on either side, either side of Moses, and they were lifting up his arm because the desired result was victory. And as God's people, if we would be doing that, we would be further on down the road. Now, we find the same story, a great story of victory 2nd Chronicles chapter 20, look there, talking about it said, all these nations were against them, the Ammonites, against Jehoshaphat, the battle, against the side of Syrian, and Hazen Talmar, which is in Gedi. And what did he do? He feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim But fast, and all of them got together. But I love this right here in verse 14. It's an unknown prophet, somebody that they really don't know too much about. He begins to speak, an unknown prophet. He has a background to him, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Israel, the son of Mattaniah. He is a Levite, the son of Asaph. Those were the men that had praises along with David. you find that through the Psalms. They were men of Asaph, talking about that relationship there. He began to prophesy, telling them all the words about the battle, the battle, the battle, the battle. Tomorrow you're going to go down you're going to whip them. You won't need to fight. All you do is set yourself, be with it, And it's the whole thing. And as they began to sing and praise the Lord, look at verse 22. It's talking about that. When they began to sing and praise the Lord and set, the Lord set the ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, which were coming against Judah. And they were smitten. They were destroyed. Why? Because these people came into the little word, unity. unity. They came into the unity of the Spirit. And that is how God works, by the power of his Spirit in occasions, all the time. When God starts operating in that particular measure, we find an overflowing of the moving of God. <laughs> you see it. It even happened on the day of Pentecost. They were all in one place, in one accord. How? When the Spirit of God came on them, one accord. Acts chapter 2. So every part of the Bible we see when men loved God, came into the unity of the faith, that's where the blessing of the Lord preceded them, started blessing them, started glory, started being pressed on them. See one of the one of the interesting things talking about that, you know when it talks about the glory of God, it talks about the weight, how weighty it was. It just pushed him down, 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 down. Oh, I've been in services feeling that weight, feeling a presence, feeling that anointing, feeling that glory, knowing of His presence is available to us today. Oh, in an, even a greater measure than we ever expected. Our God is doing that today. Oh, my, 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 my. I've seen it. I've heard it. I know it. Oh, get into it. That's why the river, you got to get in the river. <laughs> you can't just talk about the river. You can't just surmise about the river. You've got to get in the river to know what God is going to do in these last days in such a wonderful, wonderful way that he said his power and his spirit. So the church of the New Testament They were in unity. They held themselves together. Oh, they were under the power of the Spirit. For they were one, one accord. When they got to such a place as one accord, that's when those things started transpiring and taking place with great rapidity, causing the blessing of heaven to marinate them, to saturate them, hallelujah, and to liberate them. Amen. That's a procedure right there. You let that procedure take place, and you've got God moving in, taking over. Now, for those of you that missed what we had just said for a moment, time, first one is Jehovah Jireh. You find that in Genesis 22, verse 14. And there's numbers of scriptures. You'll get that a little bit later. Second one was Jehovah Rapha: I'm the Lord your healer. And the third one we're talking about is Jehovah Nisi, I am the Lord, your banner, declaring victory, Exodus chapter 17. How wonderful, how blessed, how great. But the last one we want to talk about briefly is Judges chapter 6 and verse 24. Judges chapter 6 and verse 24. Now, if you're wanting to know more about this, I'll even give you an address that you can write me. And uh, normally I haven't done this before, but I'll do it now. I'm at 12808 Adventure Drive, Riverside. No, not Riverside. Riverview, excuse me. (laughs) Riverview, Florida, 33579. So that's my location. That's where I am. So... You want to write a letter? Go ahead We'll answer it And be responsive to it So Talking about these things is so amazing Now What we find here In Judges The sixth chapter Is beautiful words And it's, it's a word that the Israelis say much They talk about Peace The very peace.
0: All right. uh, Frank Summerhawk got bumped off again. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, message him, let him know to come back on. He'll be right back with us.
2: Right. We're very, very excited that he's coming on and we're learning so much and the anointing is so strong in here and the fire, fire of God. And I'm just learning so much about all of these things and, I know what he's going to talk about. A lot of people need to hear. Of course, they need to hear uh, everything of the names of God, but especially the one about peace, uh, Jehovah Shalom. And uh, um, Adam is in the process of calling Brother Frank. And we're sorry about the technical difficulties. It seems that uh, the enemy doesn't want him to to talk about what he needs to talk about. But we are we are excited about him. And just to so let you know, once again, you can call our number here is six four six 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 eight two zero nine three. That is area code six four six 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 eight two zero nine three. And with no further ado, here is Frank uh Dr. Frank Sumrol. Is on the air and I'm um, and uh, so. Brother Frank, well, you're, on the air now. Yeah, I, I you're live now. Oops, we lost them again. Well, we lost them again. So uh, Adam's going to go and call him or check or some. It seems to be having some problems with his phone, but. Where it, it must be something good, I tell you what, for for to uh, keep losing him, but it's always something good with him, whether or not we lose him too. So we're just uh, we're we're excited that uh, once again that he's uh, gonna be sharing, and I'm in anticipation and hunger about what he's gonna be sharing about about peace, because everybody needs to have peace. They need all the fruits of the spirit. And uh, actually, peace is the fruit of the spirit, um another one of the fruits of the spirit, so is joy and uh and so we are looking forward to him coming back on.
0: We're waiting on uh,
2: and here he is once again, it. and we're gonna try this again, and we pray, Father God, that nothing else happens.
1: I, I tell you, I tell you right now the whole situation is this. I tell you the whole situation, I don't think the enemy likes us talking this way. No. And so he tried to disrupt our our very thought and our plan and our design and our desire. But we rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Like I said before, technology you can either love it or hate it. Because some okay. of the implementation that takes place can actually wear on your patience. <laughs> so that ain't many times So what I'm going to do here I'm going to kind of wrap it up And so I'll come back And I've, I've got some more to talk to a little bit later And so maybe next week We could finish off what I have here I know it's all these that. things what, what we'll be dealing with I'll give you information What we'll be dealing with We'll be dealing with Talking about Jehovah Shalom We'll deal with that then we'll go from Shalom to Jehovah Shammah The Lord is there And then we'll go Jehovah said Kingdom, Which is the Lord my righteousness And we will deal with that With a great and mighty Move of the spirit of God So I will let you two Take care of your situation Because I am running Out of power Even though we have fire talk my talk is limited because it's losing power, and I'm just on the red and bet ready to finish itself. So uh, it, it's amazing. I, <laughs> I should have powered this up this afternoon, this uh, phone, and I'm within without having reach of anybody at the prector time and carrying somewhere else in the house, whatever she's doing. So we're, we're enjoying ourselves, and we enjoy being with you. And I oh, trust you study this out, study this out that understand that the redemptive names of Jehovah are for you now. So with that, I want to bid you adieu and cause the blessing of the Lord to come, the goodness of God to come and overtake you, and the joy of the Lord shall and will be your strength. We'll catch you later on another program. God
2: uh, bless you. Peter, thank you so much, Brother Frank. I'm okay. so glad you thank you. Right.
1: Thank, thank you. you. Thank,
2: okay. you, so thank, you. Okay. thank you
0: so much. Okay. Bye. 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 Okay. Well, Brother Frank was uh, talking a lot about, he talked about a lot of things, but he really hit on peace. And I know that uh, Deborah said she felt uh, inspired by the Holy Ghost to look up some scriptures on peace uh, before the show. And so we're just going to go ahead and continue along those lines on the peace of God, because one of the names of God is that he is the Lord, our peace. So we're going to go ahead and talk more about that because we can all use more of the peace. So, Deborah, just go ahead and read what you have on the peace of God.
2: All right. I have, um, you know, uh, actually, before I do that, I'm going to um, make a couple of comments about what uh, Brother Frank was talking about, some things that that uh, made me think about some some different things that he brought up. And uh, one of them was when he was talking about uh, you had to have faith, uh, you know, part like obedience to to be healed. And I just felt uh, prompted to share a, a short version, as they say, of, of one of my testimonies of when I was in a I was in a wheelchair for about two two um, I was in a wheelchair for about two. 2 years roughly and because i had some some health issues and i was i was very um i was very uh very weak from those health issues and so one time i was at this this uh particular church and um somebody called me out and they prayed over me and uh, as an act of faith, they they wanted me to to step on this really huge high step because uh, they had these steps leading to the altar. It was very very high, so I I got out of the wheelchair. I you know I I could walk, sometimes. I was just very weak and everything. So they helped me onto that step, and they kept helping me and and praying as as I was going and as I was going up the steps at, um, with the help of them. They said that uh, every step you take is a step higher and a step closer to the throne of God. And as I was taking those steps, I I was taking them by faith. So I exercised my faith in that, whether it was small, whatever it was. And so these steps, uh, they were about really, uh, about seven large steps, really high up steps. And as I got to the top and then I was helped back down, it was, I was still quite weak and I was going down the steps. And then, um, you know, I wanted to try it again because I remember, remembered the, the words that they said was every step you take is a step higher and a step closer to the throne of God. So I asked, I you know, the person that helped me down, the usher or security person, whoever it was, try to help me up the stairs. And so um eventually I actually made every step up the up the uh, stairs by myself to the point where I was walking up the steps and down the steps without any help and I was very strong you could see the difference from going from wheelchair to up up and down the steps without any help like I didn't even ever have a problem so that was that was a, a testimony I wanted to share with you that I felt prompted to share after Frank uh um brother Frank had talked about about doing that and the uh, um, you know using our faith and exercising our faith and um also definitely needing to, to lift each other up um and to stand in the gap for each other through prayer, uh, like like Brother Frank was talking about, because in Galatians six two it says, "Bear one another's burdens," and so fulfill the law of Christ. And also, it doesn't just come to bearing one another; up, it comes up to bearing bearing up a nation as well. In Ezekiel twenty two thirty, uh, it says, "So I I sought for a man among them who would make a wall." And stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So making making the uh making the um standing in the gap for a nation and for each other and even the unsaved and even even our enemies standing in the gap for them and praying for them for their souls that they might come to know Jesus. And um, you know, Adam, as we were talking earlier, like we were talking about what we were gonna, you know, kind of bouncing off each other, what we were gonna maybe possibly be sharing about, because we like to follow the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. I had mentioned to you, like you had just said, that I felt I felt very strongly because I had, I I, I understand that um, Dr. Frank was talking about how he was going to speak on the redemptive names, but I asked the Holy ghost. I said, what is it that you want me to share? Uh, I understand I could, I could just pick whatever, but what do you want me to share? And I, I felt very strongly that he wanted me to share on, on peace. So I looked up some scriptures on peace and, and, uh, earlier when, when he had said that to me, so, and of course, anxiety and all of that, you know, wraps in with that. It it also has a has its place as well. So, in those ones, in in um, in Matthew five nine, of course, it, uh, it says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God." Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John 16.33 I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. John 20.19 On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked were where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, "Peace be with you." And so, I was looking on this one, uh, this one place, and it says things that you can do to increase your peace. As the Bible is full of direction and instruction. The topic of peace is a great one as the Bible has given us so many scriptures that speak to specific things we can do to gain that peace that transcends all knowledge. And, it's a, and this is like, um, it says, take one or two of these uh, things today and start applying them to your life and watch as, as you become more at peace. And another, another idea is taking three by five cards, taking three by five cards and putting those, putting the scriptures, the things that you're dealing with, if, if you need more peace in your life, uh, researching those scriptures, taking some of these, also listening to the rerun and writing down the, the scriptures that, that are having to deal with peace. And with with those, putting those, writing those on the three by five cards, um, and like, you know, like some people call them flashcards, and writing on each side a, a different verse on each side, and then reading them as you go throughout your day, or you can copy and paste them, and you can you can print them out and carry them with you. And Pat, our one of our pastors, Pastor John, who's been a, a guest here uh, um, in the past. Uh, spoke the other night about how when he's dealing with something, he'll look that up, and then he'll he'll research what it, what the scriptures say, and then he'll copy and paste them, print them out, and then he's he's developed books out of these things. So whenever he's dealing with something, he'll find that topic, and then he'll go back with it, and and he'll quote those scriptures out loud, or he'll just meditate on them to where the point they're they're actually in his his uh, his spirit. And so um, there is one also, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so there is also another one. That speaks of of if you uh, when you keep your keep, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on me because he trusts in me. I don't have that that actual address, the scripture address in front of me, but I was thinking earlier today as as the Lord had given me these these um, scriptures and things on peace about how when Peter was in, he was in the boat and uh, Jesus was walking on the water and everybody was freaking out. All the disciples in the boat were freaking out thinking, oh, it's a ghost. And And Peter says, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come to you. So Jesus said, come. And so Peter got, he, he jumped out of the boat and he walked, he walked on the water like it was dry, solid ground. He walked towards a Jesus when he had his eyes on Jesus, he was walking, he was doing fine, he was in perfect peace, he was in the secret place. But the moment he took his eyes off Jesus and focused them on the storm, he began to sink. And he was definitely not in peace there. So Jesus grabbed his hand, of course, before he went under. And then they walked back together to the boat. And that right there is, is kind of like an illustration of what, what will happen if we take our eyes off of Jesus. Because um, it says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me, for he trusts in me. And Peter had to have trusted in Jesus to get out and actually walk on the water that he would not sink. And um, the moment when when he when he took his eyes off him, that's when that's when he began to think but imagine a story that you could tell I mean of course we know Peter was uh um uh executed for his faith and martyred but I mean if he lived uh, the story he would have told his grandchildren and everything hey I walked on water you never believe it I mean the other ones in the boat they didn't walk on water and I've I've often been I've heard preachers say are you gonna be the one that's gonna be the one that walks on water? Or are you gonna watch other people walk on water? So that that's just some things that came to me, Adam, and I may have some other some other uh ones that I come back to or whatever, but those are some of the things that uh that I had. had so
0: Good. All righty. And, you know, the scripture you would actually reference that you didn't have the reference for was uh, it's Isaiah 26, 3. And it says, again, that will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. You know, um, I was talking with somebody last night who had said he'd been really wrestling with his thoughts. And uh, a lot of times um, the lack of peace in our lives, it comes in the form of thoughts in our mind and fear. You know the uh, many people have heard it before, but the acronym for fear is just false false evidence appearing real. So in short, it comes in our minds, and what happens a lot of times with people's thoughts is they get the scriptures as, you know cast on every vain thought and imagination. They exalt themselves above the knowledge of God, and so then they sit there and they just they just war against thoughts and cast down thoughts. And and uh, He actually told me, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm trying to wrestle these thoughts down. And so I just want to share a principle that will help you get some more peace in your mind. You know, first thing to understand is that when thoughts are coming in your head, you know, whatever it is, and then, because the devil will, he'll put thoughts in your head, and then he'll accuse you and see, you know, what a terrible person you are for having these thoughts. And uh, what you have to understand is, first, these thoughts that are contrary to the Word of God, they're not your thoughts. They might be from your flesh, they might be from the devil, but they're not yours. Uh, And so once you understand that, and then, the key is not to wrestle with the thoughts. The the thought. The key is to begin to speak and think on scriptures that contradict those those thoughts. The Bible says, "Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honorable, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report if there have any virtue, any praise. Think on these things. You know, um, you know my my analogy for it is like if." You know, whatever it is, if there's if there was something you didn't want to look at, you wouldn't sit there and stare at it and like war against it. What would you do? You would just look away. So in the same way, you don't think on thoughts, you know, and start and just wrestle with them. You choose mm-hmm. to use instead. The human mind can really only truly focus on one thing at one time. So you can literally choose to cast those thoughts down by what? Displacing it with another thought. Think on scripture. I mean, there's times when I literally have to look like think that scripture, if you will, out loud in my head, whatever things are true, whatever things are honorable, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there needs a virtue, any praise, think on these things. So right there, the Bible's given us a major, major key to peace in our lives. You know, and uh, so that's really, really important. And you know, and of course, there's peace in the presence of God. You know, you can either sit around and worry and freak out. Or you can begin to draw near to the heart of God, even if even you can, you can begin to speak in tongues slight, silently yourself, which we can talk about a little later. But it's the presence of God and the Word of God and setting your minds on God and upon the Word of God that is what, it's what's going to bring peace in our lives. Anxiety always starts in the mind, so you can choose to get rid of anxiety by choosing to think upon the Word of God. You know, And uh, Frank also talked a lot about peace with each other, not just peace within ourselves. And he talked about unity. And so I found this scripture regarding, uh, it says, and we read the the chapter, it says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. And uh, this, by the way, is Romans 12, starting with verse 12. Instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own eyes. Recompense to man no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be as possible as much as abides in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine; I will repay. Says the Lord. Therefore, if my enemy, if your enemy is hungry, feed him; if he thirsts, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap holes of fire on his head. Be not overcome with evil; but overcome evil with good. So when it comes to our relationship with people and there's strife going on in our relationships, you know, um, there's a tendency to want to retaliate, to want to answer back with hurt and things of that nature. But God's actually saying, if you want to have peace in your relationships, to actually answer back with answer back with kindness, to answer back to overcome evil with good. Uh, there's a scripture I don't have in front of me that says, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So you're not going to overcome uh, a lack of peace in your personal relationships by... Telling people how it is, you know, you're going to, you're going to overcome by walking in patience and walking in love and you can talk about things, but no matter how they're coming at you, you have to, you know, turning around and responding with love and kindness. Uh, And that, and it's just amazing how when you do that, it causes, it it diffuses things because people just, people can, people can fight with, people can fight with your words, people can fight with your arguments, but people can't fight with love. So uh, walking in these things is a major, major key. To uh, peace in our relationships, and there's just a human tendency to be like, I'm not answering that person with peace. Look at how they're being. Well, if you don't, guess what? It's just going to stir up more strife. So, um, a great preacher that I know once he said that uh, he he said he had this guy at work that uh, at work that just no matter what he said, this guy would just like probably spit in his face. And he was just like, God, what do I do with this guy? Because every time I'm nice to this guy, this guy just gets back in my face. It, so, in, you know, I'm not saying it's going to instantly happen. I'm saying you have to be perseverant. The Lord said to him, you need to develop faith in the love of God. And he's like, the what? You need to develop faith in the love of God. And basically, God was saying to him is that if you sow love into someone, you'll always reap love back, even if it's not necessarily from that same field. So... It's all. If you, so the key to defeating is to overcome evil with good. It's to, it's always acting in the opposite spirit, not in the same spirit. Acting in the same spirit just stirs up the same spirit. Amen. So uh, if you want to have peace in your relationships, and lastly, if you've got somebody in your life that just, I mean, you don't even know why. I mean, you know, hey, some people just don't like you, you know? Then yeah, I mean, I remember once I had somebody I worked with, and they just weren't real happy and kind towards me. And I says, well, you know, I prayed to God. I'm like, God, you know, your word says to strive to be at peace with all men. So I'm asking you to turn this person's heart and to help me be at peace with this person. I mean, literally within a week, it was crazy. They're like, they're like, hi Adam, how are you? And I'm like, who are you? You know, it's just like, um, you know, it just never fails. And then lastly, I think I've told this testimony before, you know, in my work situation with my boss, I've got just a boss that just, I mean, this guy, I mean, this guy would just come in, just slam doors, start yelling at people and stuff like that. And um, you know, he would threaten you and all this kind of stuff. And I remember God told me told me to give him a cos- a copy of this thing we call the gospel soul winning survey, which is just like a question and answer form that gives people the gospel and leads people to Jesus. And while he didn't accept Jesus, his whole everything about him changed. Not I mean not everything, but I mean he, he changed. It's like he was he started being like nice about stuff. He quit screaming and yelling at people. He quit slamming doors. And I mean gave us our commission on our paychecks even when we didn't meet the sales goal he set one week and stuff like that and I'm just like, well okay, that's just spooky. You know? <laughs> so the bottom line is is that love overcomes all and if it's through loving one another and being kind to one another and op- operating in the opposite spirit that we can have an only peace with each other but also thinking in the opposite spirit speaking in the opposite spirit in our own lives that we can cause to more that we can ch- turn out and have peace in our own lives. So remember, if you're having issues with people or you're having issues with thoughts, begin to operate in the opposite spirit, begin to think on the opposite things, begin to a- act the opposite of them, and you'll see the peace increase in your situations. Um,
2: right. That's, uh, that's very good uh, information there, Adam. Um, some people may not know just for the way that it's, um, worded and so I'm gonna ask you to kind of explain or elaborate a little bit because it almost sounds negative or something. But can you explain um uh, and then I have a couple of things I wanted to touch on. What exactly does it mean by in so doing you're gonna heap coals on that person's head? That almost sounds like, you know, if I I'm gonna put coals on Adam's head so he'll be nice to me. So, can you explain to us what that means just because of the word, wordage of it?
0: Well again, the Bible says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, so in short, I can look at somebody and I can try to make them understand what what'm how they're being, and don't you see't don't you don't you get how ridiculous you're being and all I mean just you're you know I can do that but guess what? That doesn't, that does nothing. All that does is stir up more in the person. But when you start, when that, but when somebody starts acting like a certain way towards you and you respond with the opposite, you start walking in love towards the person. It's like, it brings about an instant, like it brings about an awareness to this person that I'm, that it's like without you coming out and saying it, because it's about, it's your example, if you will, is showing them how they're being. And in short, they start realizing it's almost like, I don't know if you want to call it, I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to call it guilt, but I want to. I just call it. Just, they, just, there's an awareness that comes into their mind, if you will, of how of how wrong that they're being, and it's amazing how more often than not that actually people start changing their behavior. Um, you can, you know, um, there's a guy I know named Matthew Kunkum. He was talking about, you know, how he he he's basically really been a peacemaker. Um, he's, he's a guy that we know, he's friends with Pastor Rodney. He's, uh, one of the first, he's the first Indian person that has a board on the sea of the United Nations. And he was talking about how he made peace with all these people that were directly opposed to what the things he was trying to promote and the things that he was trying to bring. And he was talking about that. And he was talking about sometimes that your greatest enemy can become your greatest friend. And so in the same way, in this situation, if you, those enemies of yours, if you'll start to just respond in love, you don't. It's like it's like almost like you don't have to tell them everything that they're doing wrong. If you'll start responding in love towards them, it's like the awareness will automatically come to them. It's like in the, it's like your example will be like a mirror that will show them what they're doing wrong, and it may not be instant, but eventually will cause them to respond to you in a different way. Amen.
2: Right, that helps that helps a lot, I think, for some people, because I think just the way of course old old language and all that, but just the way it kinda sounds is you know I mean, some people might not really understand that you're not really wanting to put colds, hot coals on people. So but it kinda reminds me of a of a, a story I told one time on, I think it was about the the show we had on. Uh, don't drink, don't drink poison and expect the other person to die. I think it might have been that one. Mm-hmm. And I talked about I had felt led to buy a an ivy, not a poison ivy, but an ivy, you know, an ivy a uh, house plant, mm-hmm. and to just take care of it. I had it in the home, maybe about a week or something and I had to go to the hospital for some situation and I was at the desk at registration and this lady I tell you what she could not have been any ruder and and she was working there and she was just so mean if you want to call it mean she was just rude and she was just not patient just no smile no nothing and I happened to notice that she had a lot of ivies at her, around her, um, at her, her little, her little booth there, her little uh, cubby. And um, I don't know if I mentioned, but I felt led to take the ivy with me to this, to this place. And so I saw all these, all these ivies that she had. And one of them looked exactly like one of the one I had. And, and I asked her, well, the Lord told me he says to give her the ivy. That that's who the person was that I bought the ivy for, and so I gave her the ivy. I said, "This is," I said, "I, I want you to have this," because I I had asked her. I said, I, "I noticed you like ivies," and she says, "Yeah." And, she, and I said, "Well, I want you to have this. God told me to give it to you. In fact, I bought it about a week ago. Something toward those lines." And then she, her attitude completely changed. She like melted, you know, it could have been just like totally, total opposite of of who, it, it's like God broke something in her and whatever, whatever was going on with her, it's like God broke it through that. And so, she smiled, she was all loving, and she was just, oh, let me go see if I can help in this situation. It was the difference between night and day. So I guess in all of that, that's what it means by keeping coals on the person's head. Not that you're trying to put them on a guilt trip or nothing, but I I, I think that it, 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 it's like they know their issues and they know their shortcomings. Like, I, I am fully totally aware of my shortcomings, my issues, and so... I think it's not that we're trying to guilt that person or that the issue guilt them, but or puts them on a guilt trip because they, they're they aware of it, but they're thinking, sitting there thinking, I've got all these issues and I've had an attitude and this person's actually nice to me. And then it makes it totally changes it around. So is that kind of an example of what heaping coals is?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a good example. I mean, because it's just like there's just no way. I mean, some people are harder than others, but there's just no way that you can keep sowing love into somebody and eventually that they're, I mean, I mean the person's just got to really just be absolutely determined to be a jerk. I mean, to, to, to keep, to keep opposing, to keep opposing you with a different attitude. And uh, in the end, even if they don't, in the end, the, your action will be a memory to them. Even if they don't ever actually tell you your actions will be a memory to them. And there's no way on earth that that can't soften somebody. Um, so like I said, a lot of the biggest problems is in relationships is just the, always the tendency to want to place blame. And, um, you know, Joyce Meyer said, you know, just always be really generous with the word. I'm sorry. You know, uh, even if, even if you don't feel like you really did anything wrong, be generous with the word. I'm sorry. I remember once, um, regarding a situation where the Lord had to actually bring peace to a situation that I didn't even know about was I was praying one morning and the Lord gave me a scripture, uh, and it says that if you, if you realize that your brother is offended with you, leave your gift at the altar and then go make it right with him and then come back. And I was just like, okay, well, God, who's offended with me? And, it, and this one person flashed into my mind and I have no idea why this person would be offended with me. And, um, and that's the Lord, what's the Lord doing there? He's trying to bring peace. I didn't know there was no peace, but he knew. And, um... And so finally, I I wrestled with it, and then I finally, when I called him, I'm like, hey, uh, hey Al, this is uh, Adam. Are you offended with me by chance? And he goes, yes, you know. <laughs> and uh, and evidently, um, I had told him I was going to come over a certain day, and then I forgot about it, and he was really offended because he was waiting for me. And uh, so I had to make things right with him. So and what, why now? Why would God say that? Why would He say? to go make it right first before you bring it your gift to the altar. And this is really, really important. If people would do this, this would solve so many problems in the church. I mean, because even when I'm in arguments with people, that one of the first things I'm going to do is, even if I do something wrong, I'm always going to come back immediately and ask, even if the situation is not totally diffused, and ask for forgiveness. Why? Because the Bible, because the reason he's telling you to go make it right before you even come to him is that when an offense starts in somebody's heart, God's telling you do everything you can in your power to diffuse that offense in somebody's heart. Go make it right with them, whatever you've got to. Even if the offense is fake, even if it's just a perceived offense in their mind, why? Because if that offense takes root, it can develop a root of bitterness, cause unforgiveness in somebody, which can even affect their eternal redemption. I mean, the Bible says things not to like, don't let the sun go down in your anger, and no, don't. He's saying don't even go to bed while you're still holding on to anger with somebody. You know, so. In the same way, because those things settle into your heart. So basically what God's saying is, is that for the sake of that other person, even if they're in the wrong, do everything you can to go make it right with that person. So what? So, the, 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 so that their redemption is possibly not affected. And, and so that's really, really key. And so was, I was amazed by God that God cared not only so much about me, but God cared about so much about this person. As I think about it, I'm just amazed that he would actually interrupt my prayer time to say, hey, you need to go talk to this guy. You know, and you're thinking, God, it's my prayer time. But no, you need to talk to this guy. And uh God's literally saying before you worship me, before you do anything else, you need to go make things right with this guy. Why? So that he does so that he doesn't possibly let this thing de- develop in his heart.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, sometimes we have an agenda that we wanna spend time with God or or we wanna we wanna praise, you know, do things like that. We wanna wanna have alone time with him. But sometimes God has another agenda. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he has an agenda like uh, like you were talking about and that you spoke of, that that person was offended and you had to make it right before anything happened. And other times it's, I want you to do this for this person or I want you to go visit this person. I want you to spend time with them or I want you to sow this amount of money or just went, just different things that he has to do. When we think... Sometimes nothing you, I'm just saying sometimes people can get kind of religious with it and think that they better do a certain way when God is actually saying, This is what I want you to do and and uh instead of like for example, your situation with that with that person, your friend that you know, you forgot to go and do something and they were waiting on you. In situations like that, your 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 agenda, your your plans were to spend time with God, but his were for you to um, to do that, and and in that way, in your obedience to Him, because you could have you could have just stayed in your prayer time because that's where you wanted to be, or you could have just spent in the presence of the Lord because that's what you wanted. You didn't have to obey, but you obeyed God, and in by and in by so doing, you honored God. So, with your honoring Him, then you you you're not um you know you were it it, it it had the same value as if you had spent all that time alone with him
0: um i will say this uh, just to I mean, just to clarify on that, actually, I didn't immediately go call the guy. I actually did my religious thing in that situation and still spent my time with God, just to clarify on that. Um, I didn't actually do the right thing immediately in that situation. I did my religious thing, and it probably had absolutely no value whatsoever. I just did my religious thing and kept spending time with God because that's what I'm doing, dang it. And, uh, and, I, and I fought with it, like, the entire rest of the day. It was until that night that I finally called this guy, and I'm like, are you offended? Yes. I'm like, uh, <laughs> dang it. Uh, so you live and learn. Um, So again, we're talking, uh, we've kind of of gone into peace on relationships, and I want to quote a scripture, and this is, um, oh, Deborah had something to say? Okay, all right. Matthew 5, 9, sorry about that. Uh, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. I want to emphasize that it's not blessed are the peacekeepers, it's blessed are the peacemakers. What's the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker? A peacekeeper is someone that will do things like they'll, they'll compromise even in areas where they shouldn't be compromising, even right and wrong, to keep a false sense of peace. Um, whereas a peacemaker will confront whatever is causing the lack of peace in order to, that there might be true peace. You know, um, like they used to in the old West, they would call guns peacemakers. Why? Because they would go. They'd go shoot the person that wasn't causing, they had no, that was causing the disruption. <laughs> get, they'd get rid of the lack of peace. Uh, that's why they called it a peacemaker. And, but that's really true. So, I mean, it's just the, because whereas we have this, the current m- mindset that the world's going to is let's just, you know, let's just, you know, sing kumbaya and coexist and you can do what you want to do, whether it's right or wrong. And you can do what you want to do, whether it's right or wrong. And we'll all just coexist and be one happy family. But that doesn't work. Well, the only, only way that there's true peace is that if if the things that are causing the lack of peace are confronted, you know, and um, so that that's really, really key when it comes to relationships. So in regard to your relationships, if there's things that are causing a lack of peace in love, you know, the scripture in the Bible says if your brother is offended to go to them, it does not mean to go to your brother and say, you did this and that and this and that, and I'm mad at you. That's not what that's referring to. It's referring to you coming for the sake of reconciliation, saying, hey, you know, when you did this, and it really, really hurt me, and I just want to bring that to your attention. And, but, your, but your motive is reconciliation. You're confronting out of love for the purpose of reconciliation. You're not coming to the person to vomit on the person. You know, I remember once I was at work, and some guy did that to me. He wasn't my biggest fan, and he just walked up to me, and I guess he found that scripture because he was a uh, professing Christian one day. He just walked up to me, and said, Adam, I just want to know that I think you're this and that and this and that and this and that, and I don't like you, and then just walked off. That's not what that scripture is referring to. <laughs> that scripture is referring to you coming for the sake of reconciliation and confronting issues. God does that. He says he says he chastises those he loves. When God comes to deal with issues in our lives, he's doing that. He's confronting issues that cause a skirmish in our rela- relationship with Him. Amen. So God never tells us to do anything he doesn't do himself. That's why God deals with us about issues. Amen.
2: Right. You know, I, I took a communications class, uh, how to communicate with people. Mm-hmm and um, a lot of things i I learned in there was uh well, I learned a lot, but um uh, some of the ones specifically was if you're talking about somebody you know say you when you, you when you when you do this or when you do that, it's pretty much when x happens, I feel this way, so basically when a certain situation happens, this is the way i feel, not when like for example. When you leave the the uh the toothpaste cap on off the tooth the toothpaste roll, it really irritates me not that but you could a person could say when I walk into the bathroom and I see the toothpaste uh the tooth the cap off the toothpaste i kinda i it makes me feel a little bit uh, irritated because I it, it kind of it. I don't like things like that. But those, those sort of things. A, a way to be communicating in a healthy way, so that it doesn't make the other person feel like they're doing something, something uh, terrible, which they might be doing things that are annoying. And but it's not because uh, if I if I were to if I were to say to you Adam a lot of times. You know, when when or when you do this or when you do that, it makes me feel. You know, then I feel this. Or if I'm if I'm saying that way to people, uh, it is it, a certain way of of doing it so that it's not taken to to where it's taken offense or something like that, or where it doesn't sound like the other person's fault all the time.
0: Well, well people are going to naturally go on the defensive if they feel like you're coming with a pointed finger and uh, accusation as opposed to trying to deal with a situation. So, you know, and that and that's really important to understand in our walk with God, is that God himself, when he deals with us, is that because we're new creations in Christ, our spirit man is, is righteous. However, so our sins and our issues are actually the byproduct of our flesh and our mind, which need to be renewed and our flesh needs to be crucified. So when God comes and deals with us, he's not even necessarily he's not coming and uh, for the sake of accusing us or pointing a finger at us, the devil's the accuser of the brethren rather he's coming and just saying, Hey, this is an issue and uh, you need to, you you, me and you need to work together to overcome this. Yes. He will chastise us. Yes. He will deal with us. No, that chastisement won't always be comfortable. However, his motive isn't to accuse his motive is to bring is to bring about, you know, reconciliation. And so the same with like what Deborah's talking about when he come to people, you know, you can't come in with, "Hey, when you do this, it really frustrates me." As opposed to just be like, "Hey, when this happens, you know, you separate. Do what God, like God does. When God speaks, to us, He separates the issue from us. He still sees us as righteous, even though the issue is there. So give people that same grace. You know, separate the issue from them. Be like, "Hey, when this happens, this is really, really uh, frustrating. But I'm, I'm coming to you, and like, so we can talk about it. You know."
2: Right. I found that uh, communications, uh course, very beneficial. I learned so much and, and learned how to communicate with people and that talking about issues or things uh, that needed to be talked about instead of just stuffing them all down because the little box is full of the vine. And the more you you, you stuff those little things, the, the more they build up and then they, they get built into one big old thing where... Where you're just about ready to kill each other or you're just not ready to be friends anymore or things like that so um also one of the things that uh it seems like we're 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 going to be uh it seems like we're going to be uh that we're we're talking a lot about uh uh we veered there the holy spirit took us on a way of, of uh each other and communication and and how to how to work with people if you have an issue with them, and and also giving each other grace when it comes to to if you have an issue, realizing that they have their problems too. So, uh, also one quick thing I wanted to say about about the peace was that the Holy Spirit has uh, told me on different occasions. He's told me things like, if I get like if I've got anxious or something or things like that, he he said that um, it takes as much energy to yield to the spirit of anxiety, anxiety and fear as it does to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and his will, which obviously is peace, or whatever is going on in that situation that you need happening. Because so, we can yield to either spirit, We can yield to the Holy Spirit, or we can yield to anxiety, fear, lust, pornography, whatever the situation is. And I just want to let everybody know that if nobody has ever told you God loves you and has a great plan for your life, and if today was your last day on earth, I have a serious, important question to ask you. Do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven If the answer is no, or you're not sure, or on a scale of one to five, five being red hot on fire for God, uh, you're like a three or four or two or one. The the Holy Bible reads that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin and death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to make sure you're going to go to heaven, uh, just mean it with your heart and just repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I forgive everybody who ever hurt me. And I also forgive myself for the things I've done wrong. Jesus, I receive your peace, your love, and your joy. <clears throat> In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer and you meant it from your heart, just know that you are forgiven and you are, you're loved and you're valuable and that God has a perfect plan for your life. Just remember to run to God, not from God. Get in a good Bible-based church and be discipled by them. And Adam, I believe, wants to tell you about the Holy Ghost.
0: The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Once you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, some may have just prayed that prayer. Some may have prayed that prayer but have been taught that the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues is not for every believer. Jude 20 says to you, beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So you have to ask ask yourself this question, are you his beloved? If so, then speaking in tongues is for you. And this is another way to bring peace in your life. You can begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and let the peace of God flood you. If you would like to receive that, say this with me. Say, Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. Fill me with your spirit. Give me that new language. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Once you've prayed that prayer, the Bible says that if earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will he not give the Holy Ghost to those that ask him? He even goes on to say that he doesn't give snakes or stones or a serpent or a scorpion, but rather he will give you the Holy Ghost. That means if you're asking of the Father for the Holy Ghost, he's not going to give you something that's of the devil. So you don't have to worry about that. You've asked him for it. Now step out in faith. The book of James says faith without action is dead. Uh, when I count to three, just begin to speak out some new syllables. As you do that, the new he will cause a new language to begin to come out of your spirit. Do not speak English or Spanish or any other language to no, know. Begin to speak out the new syllables and the rest will be him. One, two, three, speak it out now. As that language is coming forth from you, you might begin to sense the peace of God. You might begin to sense the fire of God on the inside of you. That is the presence of God. As you begin to speak in tongues, you will build up your spirit, man. You, peace comes from your spirit and the spirit of God together. It does not come from, you know, popping pills and things of that nature. It comes from it comes from the spirit of God. Amen. So as you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Amen.
2: Amen, and and anybody that needs a healing in their body as well, we know that that uh, God sent His word and healed all our diseases and, and delivered us from all our destruction. And so we send the word of God to these people, and we thank you, Father God, that they're healed from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. And as Adam was talking about, God is about bapti- to, God is, Jesus is a baptizer, and the Holy Ghost sends fire. And the fire, fire, God, right now, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, fire, fire, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we just, Father God, we just, we just appreciate all y'all tuning in, and we appreciate you. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to finish it, Adam. <laughs> okay, well,
0: check us out. Call, look, look up a Fire Talk Radio on Facebook and message us. Uh, we appreciate feedback, please. If you're being ministered to by the show, message us. Let us again. Fire Talk Radio on okay. Facebook. And let us know how the show is being ministering to you. Amen. And we appreciate everyone. We love everyone. And I'll let the joy of the Lord of Fair Strength. And also our email, which is Fire Talk Radio, F I R E T A L K R A D I O dot T like com, K like kick.
2: <laughs> That's Fire Radio, the number two dot T K. <laughs> That's our blog page. That's our like, straight oh, to there.
0: Sorry about that. <laughs>
2: um,
0: bottom line is uh, go ahead and message us on Facebook or on the email that uh, she just said. And what um, <laughs> of the minister said, let us know. And, and we appreciate you. And you yeah. have a great night. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to GEICO could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges? That's true, Kevin. Bill and congratulations. You're a winner. Woo.
0: GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer.